This might be the most challenging jingle. I don't know. Just have fun. Zach, have fun. No matter what, it's going to be good. The I'm Caroline Kowalczyk, life coach and your host of the Unpurposeful Podcast. I am so excited for today's episode because I have a very special guest on the show, and her name is Shane Autumn Nebia. Shane is a children's book author who just recently published her first book. Her passion for storytelling began at a young age, which led her to a career in communications where she helps other people tell their own unique stories. Having seen the impact that childhood cancer had on her own niece, Ava, Shane wanted to illustrate both the struggles and the joys of life through a story that Ava and other children could relate to. This, along with her niece's bravery, is what inspired her to write, They Call Me Brave. Shane's hope is that this book can help other children and families realize that they are not alone in the battle. Welcome to the show, Shane. It is so good to have you here today. Thanks, Caroline. I'm so excited to be here with you. (laughs) Me too. And for anyone that's curious, Shane and I used to work together in the financial district in Manhattan. And I really just am so grateful for you to be here. I couldn't wait to have you on the show because, wow, you are an author, a children's book author. Yeah. I mean, this, it's crazy. Um, I've been following obviously the unpurposeful podcast and in your business for so long now. And it's, it's awesome that now I'm on the other side, which is cool. I wasn't expecting it, but I'm super excited to be here and yeah, full circle. Yes. So, okay. I know that I have so many questions for you, but I think the first one is taking me through a brief highlight journey of where you got to where you are today. Like how did you become an author? Yeah, that's a great question. So it really, it's it's simple. It just stemmed from my niece, Ava. So I know you know this, but for people listening, my niece, Ava, was first diagnosed with cancer at the age of nine months. So really early on in her life, we found out that she had bilateral Wilms tumor, which is essentially a renal cancer that affects your kidneys. Um, and it's a pretty common pediatric oncology or a pediatric um, cancer, but um, it's it's scary nonetheless. And, and she had it in both of her kidneys. Um, I'm really happy to say she just recently had a clean scan, thank God. And we're super thankful for that. But um, it's been a really hard journey for her. You know, her entire eight years has been fighting cancer on and off, relapsing. Um, she's been through a ton of surgeries, chemotherapies, radiations, uh, her most recent surgery, she got her kidney removed, one of them. So she's just like the toughest girl I've ever met. And she's only eight years old now. So that's the reason why I'm an author. It was accidental. It was never, you know, my dream to be a children's book author. I've always enjoyed writing and storytelling, but it's Ava's bravery is exactly what inspired me to write her story. Um, So when she was first diagnosed, obviously I was like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's go to you know, Barnes and Nobles or a bookstore and let's see, 
Like, is there a book out there that she can relate to? You know, a children's book that's just, you know, something simple, nothing too dark, but something that she can relate to. And I couldn't find anything in the bookstores. Um, So again, it was accidental. I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm just going to make it for her. I want her to have this, this, this book that she can read at night. Her parents, my brother can read to her, my sister-in-law, and she can have something that tells her story, which isn't the norm for a child. So that's, that's really how it came about. Wow. I have chills throughout my whole body. And first of all, I'm just so happy to hear and congratulations to Ava for, for, you know, basically having a clean scan and she's doing so well. And she's definitely sounds like the bravest girl I know. Um, and I'm so excited to read her story and to share it with every single person in my life, because I think that it's just so incredible. And I also think it's really interesting how your journey was so not expected to, you know, like you never planned on becoming an author. You were just like, there's a need for this. And Um, You have so much love for her and you were like, let's just make this happen. Like, we don't really need to complicate anything. I'm just going to fill the gap here. And you did, which is really exciting because I know that you just wrote this book. Well, it's been in the making, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. It's been a process like everything is. It's finally coming out, which is so cool. Yeah, I'm so excited. It's been nearly four year uh, project, which is insane. And I can't believe it's actually like launching now. Uh, it feels surreal, but I'm so excited just to share it with other people and hopefully um, get it into the hands of other kids that can benefit from the story. Oh my gosh. Yes. No. And has, has Ava, I'm, I'm sure she's read it already. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> what was yeah. her reaction when she saw that? Her reaction was hilarious. I think she was she was so confused at first. Um, I, I gave it to her and it, it was a surprise for my family. So only my parents knew out of everyone that I was writing this book. It was last summer. I went to St. Louis to um, visit my family and Ava was going, undergoing like an extremely, extremely tough treatment um, with chemotherapy. And it was like just a hard time for the family. And so I went out to visit and everyone was there, my parents. And I surprised them. I surprised my brother, my sister-in-law and Ava and Meadow, which, you know, Meadow is only two years old. She had no idea what was going on. Um, My brother and my sister-in-law were, I think in shock, but like so happy. And, and, and um, like, I have their total support and they're helping me, you know, get it off the ground and, and you know, we're using their network of people at the hospitals to try to spread the word and, and you know, distribute the books to other children. Um, so they're in full support, which is amazing. Um, but Ava's reaction was hilarious. She was like, what'd she say? She was like, am I going to be famous now? <laughs> like, am I gonna? And I was like, maybe Ava, I was like, you know, maybe we'll, you know, we'll get in some bookstores and stuff. But like, she was so confused. But of course I had her sign a bunch of copies um, I made her pose with the book. I was just like such a proud aunt. I'm like, Ava, this is about you. But yeah, she was confused more than anything. But I think as as she gets older, it'll have more meaning to her. Definitely. Oh, that's that's such a good, honest answer. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, 
it's cool because it's like you said, like when you were going to the bookstores, there was no story about someone in her situation that you guys could find. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden it's like specifically based on her story. And so I'm sure like anybody would be like, wait, what? Like, this is amazing, especially coming as a surprise, but that is just the most beautiful gift I've ever heard of. So um, you're definitely like the best aunt (laughs) ever. (laughs) I'm sure like a lot of people listening to this are like, wow, you know, Shane, tell us more about your process. You mentioned that it was four years in the making. I'm curious, you know, how much time did you spend on this project? Because I know that you also do other things as well. So like to anyone out there that's interested in putting a a book together, specifically a children's book, what does that process look like? How are you able to to navigate um, this creation? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, The honest answer is it's a messy process and I'm still figuring it out right now. Like I had absolutely zero idea with what I was doing. there's no real blueprints for children books creations. I mean, you can Google things and I did a lot of Googling, but you know, there's this path of pitching to a publisher. So if you have a book idea, you can pitch it to the big five. So like Penguin Rainbow House, Penguin Random House and other companies like that. But then you also, which by the way, are very difficult to get deals with. But then you also, when you go with a traditional publishing company, you give up full creative freedom. And for me, because this was such a personal story and I wanted to tell Ava's story specifically, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to be a control freak right now. I'm and like, I want full control. I want to, you know, dictate what the pictures look like. I want it to be really to depict Ava's story. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to self-publish because then I get to choose the illustrator. I get to tell them what to draw and make those edits myself versus giving up full control. Um, and I know obviously you can have success with either avenues. It just made sense for me to go the self-publishing route. So that was the first decision I made. And then what I really did was I looked for communities of people who were doing the same. So I looked for other indie authors. I found a ton of Facebook groups. One in particular was super helpful where it's just a bunch of people like me who don't really know what they're doing. Um, there's obviously seasoned authors in there who are sharing their insights and best practices. And that's been so, so helpful. But that's really how I got a lot of my questions answered. And then I just like would partner with like random people um, from someone, you know, who helped me draft the contract that I that I had with my illustrator to people who were, you know, helping me figure out what printers to go with and just like shipping things. So there was just like a huge amount of resources that, of course, I had to seek because I wasn't going with a traditional publisher. But that's kind of the route I started with, just kind of outsourcing, asking people, hey, have you ever done this? Like. What has your experience been? Anything I should know about before I go with this? And that's kind of how I started. Oh, I love that. I love that you said there's like no right or wrong way, but it's just what whatever makes sense to you. And I think it completely makes sense. What you said is that, you know, this was a very personal story and it's not necessarily about, yeah, it, it's really just the number one priority for you has been to share Ava's story and do it the way that you want to do it. So good to know. Like, I just feel like I learned so much there. (laughs) I guess my other question is, 
what do you think like was kind of your mindset behind it? Cause I know that like in today's day and age and like you having other jobs and stuff, like it can be tricky to like stay on track with the project. What do you mm-hmm. think helped you the most with getting it done? Yeah. Yeah. I, it was really just Ava and like Ava was the reason, like obviously this project was never about making money there was no financial incentive for me. It was just Ava, like seeing Ava struggle and go through everything she has been. I, I had no choice. I was like, there's no, there's no option for me not to do this. Like I started it, I'm going to finish it. And this is my gift to her. She deserves it. And that's it. It was just as simple as that. And it, you know, it took me longer than I wanted, of course, but Ava was always the reason why. That's awesome. And I think that that's totally normal too, is like, we always think whatever we want to get done is going to happen quicker. And then we find out that like those three steps end up being like 300 and, (laughs) and that's a whole, that's a whole other show, (laughs) but it's here. And I think that it's incredible to just understand kind of like the behind the scenes. So out of all the things that you just mentioned, it sounds like the Facebook group was like the most resourceful, like finding mm-hmm. the people in that group. It was. Yeah. It's actually really ironic. The person who founded the group ends up being from my hometown in New Jersey, where I was born and raised. And we have no idea who each other are, but he's been amazing and like just wow. a huge source of, of help. So yeah, I'm super thankful that I stumbled upon that Facebook group because it was just, yeah, it was key and everything. That's so good. What's the best advice that you could give to someone who wants to start this process of publishing their own book? What would you say are are some of the tangible and intangible things that were really helpful for you? Yeah, I think, and as corny as it sounds, like analysis paralysis is real. And I find myself doing this like in all aspects of my life. And especially with this project, I, I wanted it to be perfect. And the reality is nothing you do will ever be perfect. And there will always be, you know, a better way you could have done something or, you know, uh, like, Oh, I wish I would have done X, Y, Z. But for a while that was preventing me from really moving forward with the book. And I was getting so angry and upset with myself because I had this, why I had, you know, my niece, obviously she didn't know I was making it, but I had her like in the back of my mind, like I'm doing this for her. Like, why am I not just doing it? And I was getting so mad at myself because I didn't know what I was doing. So it was scaring me into not doing anything. And I know, I know I'm sure like a ton of people can relate whenever they start, you know, a business or a project. And it's just, it's, it, sometimes it could be debilitating. Like the thought of like, I don't know where to start. So I'm just going to shut down and do nothing. And I found myself going in that direction a lot. And I, you know, I'll be honest, I was just getting mad at myself. And then finally I realized I was like, I can't wait any longer. I have to move forward. I have to make some sort of progress. So I, I made like an Excel sheet and I was like, next steps. Like, and I would literally list it out and I'm like, who am I? I've never been an organized person in my life. But like all of a sudden I was like holding myself accountable and like, I was doing these things and I was like, next steps, date, like reached out to X, Y, Z, like had this conversation, sent follow-up email, like, and I was just tracking the things that I was doing, just like I would in my actual like nine to five career. And I was like, all right, like, I don't have a boss, you know, like waiting for me to send her things. So I'm like, I need to be my own boss and like actually hold myself accountable. So I just started doing that. So I think like for people who find themselves in a similar, like kind of frozen mindset, just 
just realize it will never be perfect. But if, it, if it's important to you enough, you will get it done. So just do it. Even if it's like three tiny steps a day or allocate an hour, a half hour every day, just do it. I sound like a Nike commercial, but like really <laughs> just do it. <laughs> just do it. No, but it's so true. And I love that you brought up the Excel sheet and you know, you said that, you know, like I don't consider myself an organized person because I used to say that stuff all the time too. And it's Uh just so amazing what happens when like you stop saying that to yourself, even while you're doing it, maybe you, you still say it to yourself, but all of a sudden you prove yourself wrong and realize that thought was such a bullshit lie Mm -hmm. and it was keeping you from doing the damn thing. But like you are totally capable of it. It just like it was allowing yourself to realize that like it's okay to not be perfect. And perfectionism is so relatable. I think like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I could definitely relate to it. And I think so many other people can too, because we just we want to do the best we can and we're taught that we should do the best we can. But I think that sometimes the focus is more on the outcome versus on the creative process. And that can be really tough, especially if you grew up always getting positive reinforcement only on the outcome. Mm -hmm. So like anytime you do anything, especially like outside of like your work where you're you're your own boss, right? Like it's just such a different animal and... It is. I mean, you know, it as your business, like you don't have someone, you know, emailing you like Caroline, send me this right now. Like it's, it's on you. Like if you don't do it, then, then that's on you. And then that's, you know, you have to live with that. And like, yeah, that was in the back of my head. I was like, Oh my God, I don't know what's worse. Like a boss breathing down my neck or myself. (laughs) I love that. And a hundred percent. It's like, definitely. I so relate to you saying, you know, or myself, because yeah, that, that definitely happened. But I think when you, when you learn to be more compassionate with yourself and start being okay with not everything being perfect and understanding that like the steps you make today are not going to be the steps you make tomorrow, but in order to move forward, you need to make a step. And I love the Excel sheet because whatever, whether it's an Excel sheet or a handwritten like notebook or a page, like that is so helpful to just write down what you've done so far, what you want to do and who you might want to talk to, to help you get through it. Whether that's an illustrator, whether that's um, someone to help you with mindset, like whatever it is, it's so helpful. So thank you for sharing that. That was gold. That was gold. Yeah, of course. It was the ugly, honest truth. So (laughs) that's what we like here. (laughs) We live for that. (laughs) Um, So tell me, okay. So another question I have, because I'm sure, you know, there might be people listening that are like, wow, that's so cool. But like, I'm not a creative person. So this is not something that I can do. So I'm curious, like, if you've always considered yourself a creative person and, you know, if that helped or if you didn't and you were able to prove yourself wrong. I never considered myself a creative person. And I don't know if it was just because I was hard on myself. Obviously, we're all our own worst enemies, but I never, like, if I had to describe myself, 
I would have never used the word creative ever. And now like, I, I genuinely do see myself as a creative because I think this book has kind of just like opened the door and like, just kind of changed my mindset about what I can create and like the impact we can have just anyone who starts a project. And so now I'm, you know, it's, it's turning my wheels. I'm thinking about other projects I want to start. So I no, I definitely never considered myself creative. I mean, I definitely can't draw, which is why I hired an illustrator, obviously. Um, but no, I, I never did, but I love, I love to create. So I think if you love to create and you create, you're creative. Yes. That's the rule. rule. I love that answer so much because I, I think that I never thought I was creative and now I have a podcast. And like you said, you can outsource people and, and that makes you want to make more things. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's what you said, right? It's like, now that you did this, you're like, this is possible for me. And now you yes. see so many alternatives and it really just allows you to open up your, I think your imagination further when you just make a little bit of space and give yourself some grace to like make something. You don't have to do it all alone. I think that's really important to highlight here is that in our society, we really like see people that do everything by themselves, which is mm-hmm. not true. Like there's no one doing anything by themselves completely. They are getting no. support from someone somehow, <laughs> no matter what, you know, like without that connection, we wouldn't be able to grow as a society. So I feel like, but I also think that a lot of people don't maybe highlight the help they get because we see like doing things by yourself as like right glamorized yeah like I did it all by myself and it's like that's really cool if you did do a lot of things by yourself but you don't have to start there especially if you're someone that's just like thinking about doing something creative Mm -hmm. um allow yourself to reach out to people that can help you move exactly that definitely helped me no, it's so true. Like post an Instagram story. Hey, has anyone ever done this? DM me. Like there are simple ways you can ask for help. And I feel like generally people are good and they want to yes. help others. And it doesn't have to be a painful process asking for help. I mean, I've gotten so much help. I've worked with designers on my book, you know, who are like, Hey, like the font is way too small. We need to make this like more, more readable and things like I just wouldn't think of. Yeah. Um, like, just naturally think of. So yeah, asking for help is a good thing and it, and it doesn't have to be, you know, looked down upon at all. Yeah. And I feel like it's definitely like when you ask for help, you're also helping someone else because something that you might be struggling with is something that someone else does really well. And they've been waiting for that opportunity to jump on it. And like, you're the perfect person. So go do it. (laughs) Exactly. You're giving them business too. So it's a (laughs) win-win. Exactly. Okay. So Shane, tell us when is your book coming out and how can we support you? I want to read Ava's story and I can't wait to share it with the world. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It is actually, I'm launching it this week. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's, oh, it's such a long time coming. So I don't know the exact day yet, but um, yeah, it's launching this week. It's right now it's only available on Amazon and people can find it simply by searching the title of the book, which is they call me brave, or they could, you know, put my, my name at the end, but it should be the first and only one with that title coming up. Um, 
or easier, you can just go to shanenebia.com, which is, I have another link to the Amazon listing there, but yeah, um, any support is greatly appreciated. I mean, my, obviously I, I wrote this book for Ava, but when I was doing so, I realized that, okay, Ava's not the only one, unfortunately, she's not the only child with cancer. Um, and there's actually a lot of children affected by, I think St. Jude's put out a statistic that 400,000 children, adolescents each year are diagnosed with cancer worldwide, which is obviously way too many children. So in doing so, I, I want to also share this book with other children that can benefit from it. So, um, my focus now is trying to get it into hospitals or organizations or classrooms, people that can use this as a resource and for your audience, as far as ways they can support this mission is if, if they know anyone like a child who's, who's sick, just let me know. Um, and I'd be happy to provide them a free copy. Obviously, like, again, I'm not in it to make money. I, I just want to have a book that other children similar to Ava can relate to. So I would be happy to do that. But um, yeah, I just, I want to spread the word. I want to get the book available to other people. It's also, I should mention that Yes, it's it's written in the lens of a child who has cancer, but it's not just for children with cancer. It's also for their siblings. It's for their classmates. It's you know why why does this why does my classmate have hair and then the next the next week she's completely bald? Like what does this mean? Why and just kind of normal not normalizing because you know cancer with children should never be normal. It should it shouldn't be even existing. But making it more about, you know, creating empathy within children and realizing like, okay, this person, this child is just like me. She just has short hair now. Ava is bald now because, you know, her medicine that she's taking and just kind of, you know, I, I would love to be able to shift the narrative of other parents and how they talk to their children about cancer, to their healthy kids. So just making a more inclusive world and, and allowing children who are fighting these illnesses to feel more accepted. Mm. So that's, that's the goal. I love that mission. And I think that, you know, you touched on a really good point, which is inclusivity and making sure that, yeah, it's not just their experience, it's everyone's experience and language is really important. And, you know, this is just another tool for anybody that wants to educate themselves about how they can be a better human essentially, and just make sure that they're being inclusive and supportive and yes. Exactly. For people that are interested in getting a book, what could they expect? Like what's, what's this about? Give us the details. People can expect a super, obviously it's a children's book. So it's going to be simple. Um, I purposely left it lighthearted. Obviously having cancer is never lighthearted, but I didn't want to go dark. I wanted it to still be a story that, you know, mom and dad could read you at night, a story that you, the child could relate to. Um, so it really just goes into the, the journey of, you know, diagnosis and a little bit of treatment, but again, it's, it's super high level. I wanted to keep it simple for a reason. And then at the end of the day, you know, no child's cancer experience is the same. So I wanted it to still be relatable across the board to other children, even if, you know, they didn't have chemo or radiation. So I didn't want to go into too much detail about those things and more so like, Hey, I have cancer, but I'm still just like you. I'm just like any other kid. And, and so that's kind of the just of the story. That's such an interesting and good answer because I feel like now that you've taken us through the process of what it's like to write a children's book, you saying that just opens a whole new door into like the process of 
you know, how much detail do I go into? How do I, you know, make this inclusive and, and as relatable as possible? And I think that so many children and families and parents especially are going to find this to be such a remarkable tool and guide almost of how to handle a difficult situation. Thank you so much, Shane. This has been an incredible episode. I am so grateful and excited that you are on the show. I am beyond excited to be able to read Ava's story and just see her take over the world. Um, Shout out to Ava. I think you're amazing and I can't wait to meet you and, and share your story with everybody. Yeah, no, likewise. Thank you so much, Caroline. I really appreciate you having me on here. And yeah, I can't wait for you to meet Ava too. I'll I'll let her know you say hi. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, I will see you soon. Awesome. Talk soon. Ciao. Ciao. Oh!